0: So, Heather, you know, when I I first read the synopsis of Pretty Bad Actress, the first thing that came to mind, and I don't know if you've seen this movie, was Norm Macdonald, Dave Chappelle, and Danny DeVito screwed.
1: No, I never saw that movie.
0: It came out in 2000, and Norm Norm Macdonald is basically the manservant for this elderly woman who, uh, you know, who mistreats him and everything, and he kept wondering why his grandfather told him, stick with her, you'll get ahead. And so... He ends up faking his own kidnapping, and she's not willing to pay the ransom.
2: Oh, hilarious. So
0: when I read the synopsis, I was like, oh, this kind of runs parallel with that, you know, but obviously it's, this is its own movie, and now you're a child actress who's fully grown in this.
1: Yes, that's that's correct. I played Gloria <laughs> Green, who was a... Uh former um uh child star. You know, she was she was on a show called uh she was called Trudy Cutie, uh was her name and she, um she had since a really bad downfall, just all the cards stacked against her bad choice after bad choice. And we kind of pick the movie up um during this bad time, this downward style that she's having.
0: Right. And uh, you know, it I know it's kinda of become cliche about the downfall of child actors and and how their lives are totally different once the fame goes away uh did you end up watching any of those like e-true hollywood stories or like those uh vh1 behind the music where they were all famous at one point and then just before the commercial break they ruin everything
1: right exactly well first of all i (laughs) love both of those shows so i watched pretty much all of them. Um, But For me, the thing that that I went to most is I was actually a child actress myself. I um, am very, very young and uh, moved out to L.A. when I was um, uh, 12 years old. So I, I, you know, we didn't have paparazzi or the craziness that there is now but I definitely saw friends that were famous at one time and then weren't and saw their personal struggles and you know it is it is a hard thing to navigate you know right. and if you don't come from a root like a you know a good root it can definitely that that fame can define you and when it's no longer there you know, it's, it's a very hard thing to cope with. You know, people idolize who you're famous. And then when all of a sudden you can't get that seat at that restaurant, you're like, what? <laughs> you know, so I've, I've seen it happen um, right. uh, a few times. Um, so I, I had a lot of life experience with this one. Not personally, thank right. God, but, you know, I definitely saw, saw some ups and downs of, um, you know, friends who had gone through this sort of thing.
0: Right. Well, if I tell you the first movie I ever saw you in, you, you're probably going to hang up on me, so...
1: Oh, wait, what's the first movie?
0: Kickboxer 2. Oh,
1: yes, I <laughs> <laughs> That is hilarious. Uh, see, I love this movie.
0: Okay, because people are just like, when you go back all the way to the early 90s into childhood, and they're like, really, with the bad hair and the chokers and midriffs and whatever else that uh, was going on when we were kids? <laughs>
1: tomboy in that movie. Well, I do have bad hair. <laughs> I had very bad hair. Um, Because I had just come off a TV show called The Outsiders, and they basically, they said I wasn't tomboyish enough, so they basically went in and, like, chopped my hair so bad, Mm -hmm. not cool for a presubescent (laughs) chain to have to go through. Um, In all fairness,
0: it was 1991, so...
1: Yeah, it was a long, it was a long time ago. But that we had fun making that movie. I, right. I still talk to Vince Madaku, who played the, uh, I think he played the bad guy in that. Movie. <laughs> I just talk to him. He lives up in Canada. I've been friends for over you know twenty, thirty years.
0: That's awesome. Well, see, the reason why I'm saying it's 1991 because we all had bare bad haircuts then.
1: Oh, you did too. You're admitting oh. it too. Okay. Oh, so I freely
0: me. admit it. Yeah. You know <laughs> that that was the tail end of the mullet.
1: Oh, yeah, it's true. I basically yeah. had a mullet. You know why? You need to look it
0: up. I don't know what my hairdo was, but it wasn't right. <laughs> you know, early 90s fashion was not the best. No, it
1: wasn't. It wasn't. It yeah. really
0: wasn't. You know, I'm, I'm waiting for them to try to bring back hyper colors. Oh, I'm sure they
1: will. I mean, they already yeah. brought chokers more like a fad like a year ago. Like, right. I was like, wait,
0: chokers are that? <laughs> You know, hyper colors were the worst thing. Oh, you get to like put your hand on it, and then like it changes colors. Then you washed it once, and there was twenty bucks out of you know out of your parents' wallet.
1: Yeah, where did they sell them for image?
0: Probably. You
1: know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: although, although I don't think it'd be a great idea to bring those back in the Me Too era. Yeah. No. Yeah. Maybe in another five years.
2: Yeah.
0: So you got to work with Gillian Hall on this one. You're you know you're the you had the life experience of being the child actor coming up and then now you're an adult actress, you know, you, you did have a high profile marriage, which we're not going to go into because everybody already knows that situation uh, or who it was at least. And, you know, so you're, you're continuing to work and working in comedies. What's it like working with, with Jillian Bell? Because, you know, she seems like, you know, she could uh, go completely off script like Robin Williams at times.
1: Jillian Bell, okay, first of all, is the sweetest little soul. She's just a beautiful person. She was up for anything. She was so cool, showed up so prepared. But what was amazing for me is I could just sit there and watch her for hours. Because you're right, people can go off on, on, uh, on these amazing, like, improv you've never seen before. And it's, and it's not big. It's not implied. It's just naturally who she is. She's so smart and so quick that her wit just is it's flawless. its right. effortless, it's unbelievable—and she she was really just such a treat to watch. I'm super excited for all of her successes. She deserved it. There was no doubt that she was going to be incredibly successful and have an amazing career. There was no doubt.
0: Right, and that just little bit of subtlety that she has, those like little twitches here and there, just adds so much to it. That you're right—it's not over the top, but she could go there if she wanted to.
1: Yeah, she totally could, but she's just she's just so authentic in her. Like, mm-hmm. she's so authentic in her body, and she's just being real. Like, yeah. she's just being who she is, and she's fantastic. She's right. just really, her art and her craft are, are very impressive, especially comedy-wise. Right. You know, me not having a huge comedy background, um, I'm more known for, for, for my dramatic work and stuff. It was really fun, and definitely, um, it was a great learning experience for me, to see how she, like her truth came from her, her senseness and her honesty, and that really doesn't suggest comedy. It's just true. So she was fantastic. I can't, I can't say enough, enough good things about
0: her. Right. So you're saying App's pupil wasn't a laugh riot.
1: It wasn't. <laughs> <actually>. <laughs> I'm making that movie, um, I, I really did. I, I Brad Renfro was a very, very incredible actor, and a very good friend of mine. It was, it was quite a tragedy that he yeah. lost so young.
0: Yeah, one of those gone too soon.
1: Oh, a hundred percent for sure. I mean, really, just a sweet, pure soul. Just a, it was just a shame. Yeah.
0: but see, you know, now you're working in comedy. What, like, what scene did you have to reshoot over and over again? That. It, that whether you or your acting partner in the scene kept ruining from laughter. Not because it was a bad take, but they just kept breaking up.
1: A couple of those, but not not too. I mean, everybody was really seriously, like, super focused. I think on these low-budget movies, you have no choice but to like be focused because you can't waste time. Right. So if we started, if we did have some like laughter going on, we go, okay, okay, we gotta like take it, take it back. Because right. literally, honestly, when it would be Jillian's p- close-up, it was really hard to not just her and mm-hmm. laugh. You have to kind of be in the scene, so like you're laughing, kind of in the inside, but trying to keep it together. That right. was mostly my experience of like just. And Stephanie, by the way, who plays Dony, she played it so dry and was so funny. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my scenes were with her and her her naivety and how she played that. Cause I would be dying inside.
0: Right. It was so funny. Well, thank God this is a comedy because if this was a real life situation, this would be the most horrific drama ever. Not only oh, yeah. are you kidnapped, but nobody cares, and your agent's trying to turn it into a publicity stunt.
1: That's pretty. That's pretty much it. How Hollywood is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is very LA, and I think that's why I'm happy I live by the beach. So. <laughs> oh, do
1: you? We live in Huntington. Beach. It's
0: yeah. Oh yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, you got to move up to the valley; it's just easier commute." And I was like, I-, "I got the water, and you got the smog." No, I think I'm good.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I mean, look. I'm a valley girl. I love the valley ever since I moved from Jersey. Right. I'm totally a valley girl. I tried the East Side, so like, couldn't do it. I just didn't. <laughs> I didn't fit in over there. It's just everybody's way too cool for me. I mean, God bless them. I'm just not that cool. So I'm like, just chilling my little valley, and I feel good over here.
0: But the beach is beautiful. Oh yeah. See, I don't believe you're from New Jersey for one reason and one reason only. Why is that? One, you didn't start off that conversation. You didn't tell me the cross streets you grew up on. You didn't tell me your eighth grade GPA. You didn't tell me how, like, you met your best friend. Like, everybody from Jersey that I've ever talked to, oh, where are you from? <laughs> oh, I'm from Trenton. My wife's from Jersey City. We met at her cousin's sweet 16 party, even though I was dating her other friend at the time. But something just clicked. and I was like, all right. And they're like, where are you from? California, which is, like, the whole size of the East Coast.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Yeah. I, I, for me, it's like I always get what exit, because I have Jersey, but it's all about the parkway. Okay. So it's like what exit is hilarious, but I've been out in L.A. for a long time. Right. So I, I really consider this home, but I'm glad I have I had a good, you know, 11 years of living there, but, right. but I uh, and I love being from there, but I love living in L.A.
0: Right. So you've suppressed the Jersey.
1: Oh, it comes out. It's for sure. You get you get me with my mom and my sister. Uh-huh. It really comes out. It's like you know, yeah, you can't you can't you can't take the jersey out of a girl. It definitely comes out sometimes.
0: The minute you get off the plane, the hair grows five inches?
1: Oh yes, you should be, so you think my hair is bad at eleven. Oh <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, yeah, the jersey hair, man, it's a real thing. <laughs>
0: But see, you're still having fun with all of this, you know, you made it through to the other side, because, you know, the whole child actor thing, you know, we've, we've seen the ups, we've seen the downs, we've seen documentaries, like, uh, you know, an open secret, and, and just the horrors that have happened, and then stuff that's happened to Corey Feldman, who who's talking about his situation and everything else. You know, how do you like, how was your family able to sit there and make sure that you were protected through all of this?
1: So, you know, I, I, my mom came out, she moved out here with me, and I had an older, I have an older sister who's five years older than me. So, um, my mom really was super cool and open. It's not like she hid anything from me. She was very honest with me, and she just really taught me to focus on the work, <laughs> that the internal things weren't important, that if you just focus on the work, and, you know, she gave me such good work ethic. You know, I was always on time on set. I knew my lines. You know, it was a profession for me, it was a career for me. And my mom, you know, anytime that I maybe thought, like, you know, I would start hanging out with people that she didn't think were cool, she'd be like, hey, she didn't think you can't hang out with those people, but she'd be like, hey, I'm not someone to good vibe with those people. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of listened to her, I trusted her. And honestly, I've been lucky. I've had the same friends. You know, I've had my first. My first friends that I moved out here, my first my best friend Soleil Moon she was the first person I met when I moved out here and she's still my friend to this day, you know. And you know, she's a great grounded person and I think if you just surround yourself with good people and you know, I was lucky enough to have a, a good home life. I think all of those things kind of contribute. I think yeah. when you get in problems with things like that is when you know, when when people don't have that that, that support group, you know, it's so important and when you're you are a celebrity. There are a lot of people that are in your life for the wrong reasons, you know. Right. So it's really important to just be aware and surround yourself with good people as much as you can.
0: Right, makes sense. So, yeah, it's the whole upbringing. The, the everything matters. Uh, you know, I I will tell you that uh, at six years old, Soleil Moon Fry was my very first childhood crush. Oh, she's so. the best. I never she's, met her.
1: She's the best. You know. Sweet, sweet person. Right. Great person.
0: You know, I I'd be scared to talk to her. And just be like, so when I was six, uh, I thought the uh, yeah, uh, you know, I don't want to like that Chris Farley character where he's like interviewing <laughs> people on Saturday Night Live and goes, yeah, that was awesome. Like, I don't want to be that guy. You know. <laughs> yeah. No. Totally. No. Totally. She's
1: she's a great. She really is, and she's she's she's
0: very special. That's awesome. Yeah. It, see, it's good to hear story stories like that because you it don't. is. Because you don't know up from down sometimes, and the image that people portray isn't uh, who they seem to be, or whatever else. And
1: no, it's true. That's why, like, there's, there's, I've met so many people, and you know, I'm a huge fan. I love, I love actors. I think actors, I-, I love it. It's what I do. And when I see mm. actors that I love, but there's one person I've been in a room with, I've been like one foot in front of, like. I just don't. I don't want to meet unless I work with her. God wills one day. But like Julia Roberts, because I grew <laughs> up like watching all of her movies. So for me, it's like I, I don't. I want to meet her, but I don't want to meet her because right. you know I have her and I hold her in such high standard. And I hear she's super cool and amazing. But right. it's kind of nice to have that distance and have somebody like be a fan of somebody. It's, right.
0: it's nice. No, see that. See that's awesome because like I like Jason Statham was really cool with me uh governor schwarzenegger i got on his nerves a little bit which is totally understandable <laughs> okay gotcha yeah, that was a little bit i was like you know a little fanboyish at the at the time but you know it's still governor schwarzenegger so you know
2: yeah <laughs> it is See, that's
0: like
1: but like terminator dude. right i mean at the end of the day that's badass that's yeah.
0: so cool <laughs> So that that's just, you know, I, I'm honest. I mean, you know, Fanboy's in the title of the website, so I got to be, a, you know, I got to at least Fanboy out a little bit.
1: Oh, my God, you should all the time. <laughs> You're not standing enough over me. What <laughs>
0: the hell? I, I'm trying to keep it professional, <laughs> all right?
1: Clearly, my performance in Kickboxer too, didn't strike you that hard. <laughs> so long
0: as you don't hit me with a reverse roundhouse, we're Okay. <laughs>
2: Oh, funny.
0: Did you ever end up training in, like, kickboxing or Muay Thai or anything for a little while, just because, like, oh, we're on set, you know?
1: I did. I like boxing a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I I love boxing. I don't train anymore. I used to. Um, but, yeah, I love martial arts and training. And I come from a dance background, so it's natural for me um, to, to that kind of physical movement. I, I love it. It's right. really fun.
0: Well, so did Tony Jaa. I mean, Tony Jaa mixed in ballet training with his Muay Thai, and look how he does in all his uh, East Asian films.
1: See, exactly.
0: It, you know, it plays a huge role, and I think people forget the, that the movement in dance helps with the flexibility and, and the coordination for martial arts.
1: It, it, it does. It for sure does, and it's also just really fun. Who doesn't love dancing? Like even if you're even if you're bad at it, it's still really fun.
0: You know, you you don't just have two left feet. You have three left feet, and you're tripping all over yourself. But hey, if you're having a good time.
1: Hey. Okay. If you're having fun.
0: Yeah. So now the film schedule for this one was what, like three weeks? Because you know, smaller budget films tend to be on a on a rough schedule.
1: Yeah. We shot. We shot. I I'm pretty sure 18 days, if I remember correctly. So about three weeks, three uh, six day weeks. I would say. Um, maybe a little more than that. It was yeah. um, you know, a, a super super run and gun. Nick did an amazing job. Um, his script was amazing, and you know, everybody came in prepared. You have to, I think, on a movie right. of the You know, there's just no, there's no time for mistakes or, you know, fooling around, even though it's really fun. You know, you just got to like get there and get the job done. And we had some scenes that were super long. So it was, it was, you know, it's, it's amazing that a film can be made in such a short amount of time, but it's happening more and more more often. I mean, this was one of the longer films I've done in recent history. Some Mm. movies that I've done in 12 days lately. It's crazy. And we get it done somehow. It's a miracle.
0: But is it a little more fun to be under pressure like that instead of, say, like, you know, like Transformers takes about a year and a half to film, you know. You have those five-month shooting periods and then another eight months for them to do the special effects, but it's like in those five months, it's you know four hours of shooting and then eight hours for them to set up the lights or something. I'm using this as an example. I haven't been on the transformer set, so I don't want people getting mad at me and going, "You don't know anything." I'm like, I'm just oh, using it I as an example. But
1: <laughs> no, 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 I haven't been on a transporter uh, set either. Uh, so we have something in common there. Yeah. Um, but I love Jason Statham; he's right. pretty cool. Uh, no, well, I think I think I think it's good either way. Hmm. It's I feel like having the pressure on on you to do a movie in a short amount of time is great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, had, I just produced my first movie, and it came out uh, last year. Congratulations. I, uh, thank you. It was a movie called Battle Scars. I'm super proud of it. it um, we were lucky enough to get a, a little theatrical release for it, and it's available on VOD as well. Um, but I think that was sort of like the eye-opening moment for me. Um, where you really saw the ins and outs. Because as an actor, you're kind of guarded from certain things. You know, you show up, you do your job, you leave. But when you're behind the scenes, you really see how much it takes. You know, like an actor's late, that sets you back an hour. You know, so it's like such a team sport, and everybody on these small movies needs to be game. There's no room for ego. There's just not. You've got to show up and do your job. And I think on the other side of it, I think if I had – a lot of time to kind of like go through these scenes and really explore it. I mean, maybe that could take your performance to, you know, a tremendous level. I'm sure there's like a, a lot of freedom in that i haven't quite had that experience lately like i said a lot of the movies that i've done have been like you know between um yeah 14 days and 28 days so it's they've been short but i think that would be such a luxury like i could hear on game of thrones they take months to do one scene and i think it's so cool um and it shows i mean that shows amazing um so i bet there's like joy in both but yeah i think being so run and gun you just have to do it you have to show up and you be prepared. And everybody has to do their job, you know, which I
0: think is great. I love doing it fast. Okay, blocks, I, you know? Right. See, I'm I'm more along the lines of from a fan from a fan perspective, like I'll put the journalist thing aside. I'm more impressed with the movies that are shot in two to four weeks than the ones yeah. that take six months because you pulled off something in such a short amount of time and still were able to give us an hour and a half to two hours of it. You know? Yeah. Whereas well, when you took
1: you for six, that's that, that's honestly that's rare because it is true. It's thank you for for knowing that when you watch a movie that's been shot in two weeks. I'm sure it, I appreciate right. that you understand that and have that perspective because a lot of people just jump to judgment. It's like, oh my God, right. we had like a dollar for AY and we did the best we can just because we wanted to bring you this this movie, this right. slice of reality. So
0: yeah, and see that's awesome because I'll give you an example like. You know, I'm an 80s kid. Uh, yeah, I recently turned 40. I have no problem saying I turned 40. Um,
1: Welcome to the club. It's the best.
0: <laughs> it, it's, it's the club where uh, I really don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, it's
1: true. I was just talking about this the other day. So You don't care anymore.
0: All right. And, um, you know, so we grew up with Transformers and Gem and the Holograms and G.I. Joe and Rainbow Bright and all that stuff. Those were our cartoons in that era. And so I don't know if you saw the Gem and the Holograms movie. No, I didn't, actually. Okay. It took 21 days to shoot. 14 of those days took them to write the entire soundtrack. Like, they wrote the soundtrack in 14 days.
1: That's incredible. Yeah.
0: And so I'm watching this movie and, you know, I I had taken a friend's daughter with me who was 10 years old, the appropriate age for group for the film, and she really liked it. So in my review, I was like, hey, you know, kid friendly, whatever. And people are just like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. It was this, it was this, it was this. And they're like, but you roasted Transformers. Why are you telling us to give this one a shot? I was like, well, the whole budget was $2.1 You know, that includes soundtrack salary and time of shoot. Took 20 days to shoot it, 14 days to write the music and that's what we got out of it. Transformers had a year and a half with a $350 million budget. That $2.1 million budget of this one didn't even cover craft services on Transformers. No, so, by the
1: way, that's a good first step, Devin. Totally true. Absolutely
0: yeah. true. Right. So if I got this with 2100000 million, I'm impressed. If I got that with $350 million, I'm going to roast it because you had $350 million and you gave me that. Yeah,
1: you right. have no excuses, right? Is that yeah. That's that's
0: my mindset. Yeah, the bigger the budget, the less excuses you have to make a bad movie. Yeah, I like that
1: philosophy. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and I I catch grief for it sometimes, but you know it's a logical place to go. Well,
1: here's the thing: is like you need to be authentically you. That's that's what has the business that you have. People are interested in what you have to say. Right. Which is awesome. So you just be you.
0: Right, which surprises me anyone wants to hear anything I have to say.
1: But it's super cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, but you're still having fun with all this and people want to see you on camera still after all these years, from, you know, eleven years old till now.
1: It is a huge, it is something, by the way, that I do not take for granted. Mm-hmm. The fact that, that I have been working this consistently for as long as I have I'm telling you, any time I show up on set, it's like the first time I'm there. It's like I'm a little kid again. I love making movies. I love making television. I love being surrounded by a – like, you show up, and it's a bunch of strangers. And by the end of two weeks, those people are are, are your family. You've been through something that only – those people can understand and every film set is different and every experience is different the characters are different but like the work is just always so fun and you know it's like it's just the best thing to be able to play make-believe as an adult you know and the fact that that people do watch my films and that they they get out there and that people have a way to see them is just it's just amazing it's not something i take for granted at all i'm like i'm still a kid in that regard I, i just I know what a huge blessing it is through the ups and the downs. You know, I've had amazing periods and moles. And, you know, when you've been through it and you just, you know, you just learn to come from appreciation. That's why it's like if I go on set and somebody has like a bad attitude, I'm like, seriously? Like, (laughs) seriously? There's like no room for that anymore. You know, there's just not.
0: Um, Right. Yeah. Well, people on our end are like that, too, so they, they complain about, you know, I was at some screening about a year ago, and somebody was complaining, they were like, Ugh, this is my third movie of the day that I have to watch, and I'm like, yeah, your life is so much worse than the guy fixing the five freeway in the middle of July.
1: Right, that's a, <laughs> that's a great, great way of saying it, yeah, it's like, you know, I, we all we all have our stuff, for mm-hmm. sure, but, yeah. you know, today, I'm just, I mean, it's what we do is cool.
0: Right. Well, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. So, thank you for that.
1: A well, lot, and vice versa. Yeah. If it wasn't for, we wouldn't have a voice for our movies to get out there right. and for people to see them. So, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you're still having fun with all of this. And now, you know, you're you're stepping more into comedies. It looks like uh, they always say comedy is harder than drama. How true is that statement?
1: Um, oh, it's- no, I think it's probably different for different people. You know what I mean? I think that if you just stem everything from the truth, um, has been my experience, whether it's drama or whether it's comedy, if you always go from the truth of where the character's is going... Um, you know, I think it's apples and oranges really. I, you know, don't do comedy as much. It's a different thing for me. So it's a different, it's a different mindset, you know, and then with, with people like Jillian who are so crafted at comedy, it just really does like open your eyes. Um, but I think that drama is harder for some people, you know, drama is really hard. Some people have a really hard time with drama getting into the emotion. And then some people have really hard time with comedy and then some people are just brilliant at both. It's just, it's, you know, it's just, I think it's up to an individual really of what they, they feel their strong suit is.
0: Makes sense. Is it harder to play a character that's closer to you as a person than it is somebody that's totally out of left field that has no relation to what you'd ever do in life?
1: I would say that. Yes. Yes. I think it's easier to be a character that's like so far away from you, but still part of you that you can mm-hmm. tap into it. Um, but I think being something that's like yourself,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what I think for me would be more difficult. Okay.
0: Probably. Yeah, because I, I talked to uh, Rev Run from Run DMC yesterday, and he's doing a new show that's loosely based on his life, and he's playing the husband, and his real life wife is playing the wife in the series, and I'm just like, that would feel a little too close to home for me.
1: Oh, yeah. I can understand that. Yeah, I think some people just love like working with their family. You know, I think that's you know, that's like a thing. People just love being surrounded by their family, working with their family. Right. Um, I, to- I totally get that. Yeah. But for me, like doing like something, like if I was to do a movie that was based on my life mm-hmm. or something like that, that would be, you know, right. it would be, I'd feel like you'd feel exposed. It's a very vulnerable situation to be in for sure.
0: Right, and that's what I thought. I mean, you know, I'm thrilled the, the, the Reverend and his wife love each other that much that they're willing to work with each other 24 hours a day. And he even said that, and I'm thrilled for it. But when the characters are so loosely based, on their actual real life that I'm like, that would be hard to pull off in my opinion, because you're still kind of playing you, but it's a character based on you.
1: Right. Right. I totally see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It all, all different levels of challenges, you know, and I think each actor has their own set of challenges and their own set of gifts, you know. And I think I think that's what I love, though. For me, it's like I get so excited when I, I, I read a script and it petrifies me mm-hmm. and, like, I kind of, like, want to vomit a little bit. Like, that's good. That's the movie that you want to do because it's going to expand you and get you outside your comfort zone. Right. You know, playing it safe is easy, mm-hmm. you know, but when you read something and you go, oh, God, how am I going to do this? Those are the ones that I'm like immediately, yeah, yes, like absolutely. I want to challenge myself. You know, I want to, I want to put myself out there and risk it. You
0: know. Right. Well, you've already said you wanted to work with Julia Roberts. You've produced your own movie, which is a feat in its in itself. Um, what's the dream project outside of those two things that you're sitting there and going, all right, this is the next step that I got to pull off.
1: You know, like I just said I'm really looking for that role that really pushes me outside of my comfort zone completely. And I don't even know what that looks like in a real way, but I just know that when I see it, I'll know what it is. Just that thing that that really is going to just challenge me in such a way that it like it really terrifies me and 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 exposes me in a way and and really something that a character that people can really really relate to. I, I I would I would love to play some a, a character that that really um that people can really relate to, and besides that, I really, I, I loved producing so much, and I'm, I'm definitely working on producing more stuff. Um, obviously, it's it producing is a grind, you know. Uh, Battle scars, uh, you know, we produce from the ground up, you know, raise the money and all of that. It was, it's, tr- it's not, it's a tremendous feat. So I'm looking forward to for sure producing more stuff, um, and also stuff for me to um, be in as well. So I'm always looking for material. So
0: would you be willing to write that that script that pulls you out of your comfort zone like
1: just yeah, go into that dark place A 100% the truth is i'm i you know i don't i'm not i i'm trying to write now hmm. like and i'm just going with it and seeing what comes out um i have some amazing supportive fr- friends who are definitely trying to push me out of my comfort zone and, and and get me to write my own material so i am working on something right now i'll let you know how it comes out and if anything comes of it
0: Please do keep me posted.
1: I will for sure.
0: It's it's one of those where like sometimes you end up with a short film that you're like, man, I really wish this was a two hour flick.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And and you know, I just I think if you just sit down and you're disciplined and you write just an hour a day, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see about the future. I'm excited to get more, you know, behind the scenes and create my own content for for other actors as well. I love I love actors, and you know, it's it's so fun to be part of the whole. You know, the whole team. It's it's fun to see things come into fruition.
0: Right. And the best part about being behind the scenes is the hair goes in a ponytail. You don't have to wear makeup on stage. You don't have to wear any of that stuff. You know, that, that is true.
1: But in this Instagram world, you right. feel like you have to be photo ready all the time. And I'm yeah. failing miserably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well,
1: I'm still a tomboy at heart, so I'm the no-makeup hair out uh, girl. There
0: you go. Well, the funny thing <laughs> was we were at Comic-Con a couple of weeks ago. And we did the, we did the red carpet for Death of Superman, a DC animated one. Uh, Jerry O'Connell plays Superman and his wife Rebecca Romaine plays Lois Lane.
2: Oh, how cool!
0: It was great, but it's hysterical to see Jerry show up in a Superman t-shirt and jeans and his wife just completely decked out.
2: Of course, we and we're just
0: like okay, <laughs> <You know? laughs> like that
2: is hilarious. Yeah,
0: but I'm like, this is this is the industry. Like, the guy could show up in in uh, in jeans and a t shirt, but his wife has to be to the nines. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It is it is true. By the way,
0: yeah, totally unfair. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I mean, I'm not going to complain because you know I, I don't have to worry about much anyway because I'm rarely in front of the camera for interviews, but. You know, it's still totally unfair.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: You know, unless you like getting dolled up like that. And that's, uh, you know, go for it.
1: No, it's fun. It all has its place and it all has its time. You know what I mean?
0: Right. See, whereas I'm like the beach but I'm like, can't they make like tuxedo shorts? I mean, we got tuxedo t-shirts. Like, you know. I,
1: think you, I think you should definitely um, invent it if it doesn't exist already, and put right. it on your website. Right. That's what I think.
0: And then never be invited back to the Critics' Choice Awards again. <laughs> oh,
1: please be invited back, and everybody will be wearing them.
0: <laughs> if only I kind of I had that kind of sway in fashion. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so what's the next project that you're working on? Because you're doing comedies, you're writing, you're producing, you're making indie films, you know, you're looking to make bigger budget films, everything else. like The wheels are turning. I know something's coming up next.
1: Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot in the works. Nothing um, that, I can, that, um, that I can announce yet, but there's definitely stuff in the pipeline. I just finished a movie, Cradle Robber. That'll be coming out mm-hmm. um, probably, probably this year at some point. Um, Is this probably- another
0: comedy or a horror movie? Because that title no, it- can go either way.
1: No, it's a, it's a drama. It's a okay. thriller. It's a thriller movie. Yeah, okay. it's a thriller. So that'll be out probably, I don't know, probably within the year, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be out soon. And then, yeah, just working on a bunch of other stuff and, and now just promoting a Pretty Bad Actress, which is right. super fun and surreal and so cool.
0: And funny. Thank
1: you. Yeah. It that, is funny.
0: You got to throw out the funny part. You're selling the comedy here.
1: Oh, the comedy. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> it's going to make you laugh. Right. so hard. <laughs> Yeah.
0: I do. <laughs> no, you do. You do good. That that's your soundbite right there. You know, I, I typically like to run these in lo, in long form, so that way people are like, "Oh, they're actually having a real conversation." Real
1: conversation.
0: We're yeah. gonna be
1: like, they're gonna be like, "Wow, they had fun." Yeah. going Just say yes, we did. <laughs>
0: well, no, I thank you for that because usually, you know, sometimes people are just like, "Oh, what were they really like?" Or "Oh, this was heavily edited," or "You just took a clip here, you just took a clip there," and with this, I just I just want to talk to you because. You seem like an interesting person. You've been in this industry for uh, you know as long as uh, you have been, and I don't want to put I'm a on number on. <laughs> you know, we are we already mentioned the early '90s, so people are just like, God, those middle-aged people are old. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. I love it. Are you kidding? Right, I'm right. having the best time of
0: my life. <laughs> yeah, but it seems like you are, and that's the important thing.
1: I am. I really, I really am. I. I... I feel, I feel, I feel very good. I'm in a good place in life. And, you know, like I said, it just starts with appreciation. I think it's just every day just knowing how, how, you know, just to be grateful for where you are at any given moment, you know, just to count your blessings. Sounds cheesy, but it's true.
0: Right. Now, I know this happens to voice actors. I don't know if this happens to film and television actors as often, but, you know, with voice actors, they'll record, say, 64 episodes for a season and, you know, that's, that's the granddaddy of them all. And fans at conventions will sit there and go, and, like, episode three, this happened, can you do that voice? And, like, you forgot that it was, like, a throwaway line, but somehow it became, like, the most popular line of the series. Yes. And then, uh, like, with um, uh, John DiMaggio, how when he was the voice of Bender in season one, the line was, bite my shiny metal ass. And, like, people would go up to him and, and sit there and go, hey, can you keep saying this? And he's like, I don't even remember recording it because it was, like, three years ago. But
2: Hilarious.
0: Th- but that episode kept getting replayed. So does that happen to you when someone sees, say, apt people? Because that, you know, that was a huge movie. And there's a scene in there that you're in and, like, oh, I remember this scene vividly. And you're just like, that was, you know, 20 years ago. You know, I I vaguely remember it.
1: Yeah, there's definitely been situations like that where I've um – um. You know, there's this cult movie that I did years ago called uh, Stay Tuned. Do mm-hmm. you remember this movie? It was with uh, uh, John Ritter and Cam uh, yes. Dauber. My parents get trapped in the, the TV. Eugene yeah. Levy's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really funny movie, especially probably if you watched it now, you'd get a kick out of it. Oh, yeah. Um, but I had, a whole, I had this line in there that, like, Was just you know it was that line that was just that line. So for years, people would come up to me and go, "Your pizza topping," because that's literally what I said (laughs) to my brother when I was mad at him. Right. Was your pizza topping? So the amount of times when I was younger that I would get stopped and hear "your pizza topping" was just a lot. A lot of times, I'll tell you that.
0: Right, and the funny thing is, that's a great insult because one, it doesn't make sense. But two, it could go in any direction, like, am I the first choice? Am I just, like, the green onions that came with the Supreme Pizza? Like, what am I?
1: Am I the pepperoni? What are you trying to
0: say? Am I the extra (laughs) cheese? Right. You know, the afterthought black olives that people are picking off, what is it? I know,
1: it it, it really is a funny, funny, funny line. Yeah. People for sure got a kick
0: out of that. And you got to work with John Ritter. Oh,
1: who is, was... God rest his soul, the nicest man on the planet. And then years later, I, I was lucky enough to work with his son, um, Jason, who on the, the TV show, The Event, I don't know if you ever saw that
0: show. I did. Oh,
1: yeah, I loved working on that show. Yeah. Um, and his Jason is just the nicest guy ever as well. I mean, that whole family is tremendously yeah. cool and so
0: talented. I haven't met Jason, but I've seen him in th- in, in shows and, and stuff, and I'm looking at him, and I was like, my God, you, like, have your dad's like, ticks and twitches, and, like, how, how difficult is it to be the spitting image of John Ritter?
1: Yeah, he doesn't even seem like, he doesn't even, he's just, like, he's the, just a night, nice, like he doesn't seem like anything phases him. He's just come. He's just such a sweet soul. Like, you know, and I think he's
0: proud of who his dad is. You right. know. No, and that and that's great. And like, he's he's forged his own way, and he's his own man. But sometimes, like, you'll sit there and you go, "Oh, wait, his dad used to do that." Yeah. Just from an observational position, not of uh, you know, no, like sure, a written critique.
1: They're from, the, they're from the same source. They're, right. They're no doubt, like their sweetness and they definitely have similarities for sure. Um, but still were the kindest people, you know, when when I say you wanna you wanna work with good people in this <laughs> business, it just makes everybody's life easier when people are kind. <laughs> it's a very underrated quality by the way. Right. Being kind, treating people with respect. Is it's horribly underrated. Right. Um, for sure. And, and Jason is just one of those people that when you're on set with, and especially, you know, he was the lead of that show. And whoever the lead is on a show really dictates the tone of the whole entire set. Right. I mean, it's, it's so you have, you know, a lead who's just a terror, it trickles down and everybody's miserable. But you have a lead that's, like, sweet and kind and fun and dedicated. That's the tone for being, you know, the whole set. And I give him credit for that. I mean, you know, that was a, a big responsibility that fell on him, and he just handled it. with such great.
0: Right. And uh, that's phenomenal to hear that stuff like that goes down.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it's important for people to know when people are good people. <laughs>
0: Do you, do you think that the industry weeds out the bad people in a in a sense or that they just like turn into hangers on and like will fight too hard to try to get somewhere that they don't belong?
1: I think I think in my personal opinion, I feel like bad attitudes are are I'm I'm seeing them less and less. I don't think that there is as a place for it, and I don't. I think the tolerance for bad behavior. Thank God, is coming to an end. It's so unnecessary to treat people unkind. There's no reason for it. And you know, me as a producer, um, you know, if I'm producing a film, you don't want a bad egg on your side. You want to work with cool people who are team players who want to support the movie and are there to work hard and have fun. You know, it it just really does change the energy. So you know, I, I hope that bad behavior is tolerated less to Sure, it's not that be by
0: me. good i'm glad to hear that because like i have a lot of fun when i cover mma and, and muay thai and kickboxing and stuff because you know that like you have to mind your manners because everybody there is a trained killer and you don't want to say the wrong thing to the wrong person so fighters tend to be some of the nicest people you'll ever meet
1: that's amazing that's yeah. amazing i didn't even think
0: about that but that makes sense yeah you know, whereas some industries, you know, you know no one's going to hit you, so you think that you have the right to mouth off as much as possible because you feel too safe.
2: Right. Yeah. Right, I totally, totally
0: get that. You know, but you, you said you had trained in boxing. Is there, like, any fight that sticks out that, like, you wish you had attended?
1: Uh, what was that last fight? It lasted, like, a minute, I think. No, maybe not a last minute. I used to watch all of the the old Tyson fights. I mean, we used to like always get groups of people together, and even mm-hmm. though they were just last a minute, they were always entertaining. Yeah. Um, but I, I love, I, you know, personally, you know, was being sad at me. It really Like <laughs> me watching it at home
0: with some friends with some beer, way more enticing. Right. Well, a fight I went to about six months ago. My buddy, my buddy is a promoter, and they do amateur fights. So they had me sitting on the cage when I was taking notes for it. And out of nowhere, I just feel the splatter. And I'm like, I just got bled on. Oh, I'm like, no. Luckily, it didn't get in my eye or anywhere else. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs>
0: but I just sat there. And I just felt the splash as I'm on my keyboard typing away my notes. And I'm like. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Yeah. So, sit- funny, not
2: funny.
0: You know what
2: I mean? Right. So sitting cage side is retrospect. fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's, it's, see, it seems like you're still having a good time. You're hanging out with your friends. You know, you're watching the fights at home. I'm assuming if you're into sports, you'd be a Jets fan, unless you're from Southern Jersey, then you'd be an Eagles fan.
1: I'm neither. Okay. I don't tell my dad. Um, I, um who's, who's in heaven? It'll, it'll, it'll break his heart. Um, you know, for I'm Dodger for baseball, I'm a Dodger fan. Okay. Um, for football, I'm a Saints fan. Hmm. I just crush you. No, I'm did like a movie fine. in New Orleans, and, and, and I just loved it there so much, and, and their their team spirit was just unbelievable. So I I, I like the uh, I like I, I like them a lot.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. And, as, and as far as hockey, I got to go with friends because you know
1: a dear friend of mine who passed away it was their favorite team, so I got
0: to go with that for hockey. Wow. Well, see, that's loyalty to your friends. That's a more important thing. I don't usually have team loyalties. Yeah,
1: <laughs> only because it, I'm not on
0: the – what's that? I said there,
1: there's, no, there's nothing wrong with
0: that. Well, no, because it's like I can't sit there and say, you know – like I grew up – I'm originally from San Francisco, right? Oh, okay. And the Giants' colors are ugly as hell. I don't want to wear black and orange, you know? Yeah. But I can't sit yeah. there and go, oh, well, I, you know, I like that Colorado Rockies logo, but I can't wear that because I'm loyal to the Giants. No, if I like the logo and I like the color scheme, I'll wear it. Yeah. Yeah. And that way I can be more objective when I watch the game. Right, my tuxedo shorts and T shirt with my Colorado Rockies hat, even though I've only been to Denver once, you know, that sort of thing.
1: You're good. have a solid game plan
0: now. Right. And then when you see me walking down the street in that, you'll probably give me a dollar and go, Oh, that that poor, underprivileged person. Oh, that poor Snake Man. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, I know people that avoid me. I you know, they you should see me at Disneyland when I wear mouse ears. They they have no idea how to react to me. Oh,
1: please, I do the same thing.
0: But you're also That's not six true. three. That's true. I'm 5'4", you
1: know, tiny little thing. Right. You know, you're the not, not you're the petite,
0: attractive brunette and I'm sitting there and I'm this giant mountain of a man that gets mistaken for security wherever I go.
2: <laughs> Hilarious.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I, I wish I was kidding. Even at the Critics Choice Awards people were asking me for directions to where the bathroom was.
1: Oh my god. And really? I'm like that's
0: so funny. And I just looked at him and was like, I'm in a tuxedo. Like, I'm not you know, why have I assumed that I'm security again? That's
1: hilarious. You must yeah. have a very uh, security as vibe. Well.
0: Yeah. You know, maybe. I you know, I just stand there and I'm just like, you know Well the worst is when you're bigger than all the security guards. Yeah. And they just look at you and go, Oh, great. Yeah. I don't like, and it's like, why do you assume I'm the one that's going to cause trouble? Oh, my God.
1: Funny. Yeah.
0: Worry about the guy that's 5'4", that's been drinking at the bar all night. That's the guy you should worry about. Yeah, exactly. A
1: hundred percent.
0: Yeah. So, Heather, I know I know we spent more time than we had anticipated, but I'm glad we did. Uh, oh, the- I'm glad we did, too. It was
1: so nice to meet you. Hopefully, I'll get to meet you in, in person at a Comic-Con or something. I hope so. so. I
0: uh, I'm sure they will well you got to keep me posted on the next project you got my number give me a call anytime
1: I, 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 I will for sure absolutely and thank you so much for all your support of our movie we really appreciate it
0: absolutely so Pretty Bad Actress drops this Friday on VOD and in a limited theatrical release
1: that's
0: correct alright and where can we find you on social media platforms when you're not Instagram ready okay <laughs> like all the time I'm um, at at at,
1: at M-C-T-O-M-D
0: and my Twitter is the same. So H McComb Instagram and Twitter.
1: Heat, like Heat, like oh like you're hot. Heat, heat McComb. Yeah, Heat Mccomb. All
0: right, you know, you just killed that whole humility thing that we were playing up out the window, right?
2: Oh, No, gotta do what you gotta
0: do. It is right. business. Right. You know, what? that and if anyone didn't realize that, Heat is short for Heather because it's too long to, to for a Twitter handle.
1: It is. And by the way,
0: Awesome. All right. Well, I'm gl- I'm glad that you got that nickname and that you could use it to this day and justify using it.
1: Exactly. <laughs> it was so good meeting I you. Really, I really had a fun conversation. So thank you for calling. That end.
0: Thanks for everything, Heather. Have a good day, and I will talk to you soon.
1: Okay, honey. Take
0: All time. right. All right. Bye.